Hey friend, welcome to the Get Rooted in Health podcast. I'm Gabby Flater, a faith-led wife, mom of three, certified nutrition consultant, personal trainer, and passionate about changing lives. I know how frustrating it can be to navigate the health and wellness world. You want to be motivated to prioritize your well-being and wish you were more educated when it comes to cultivating a healthy home. Maybe you're a mom who's completely burnt out and needs a fresh perspective on life, or you're searching for a place to feel seen, heard, and encouraged in a godly manner. No matter if you're doing the dishes, getting your sweat on, or drinking reheated coffee while watching the kids play, there is always an opportunity for growth. If you are ready to finally take action about these desires and are ready to learn, grow, and transform your mind, then you are in the right place. It's time to establish deeper roots so you can enjoy a more fruitful and fulfilling harvest. Let's dig in. Hey guys, welcome to the Get Rooted in Health podcast. Welcome back. My name is Gabby and I don't often do an introduction of myself on here. So just a quick intro. Uh, Again, my name is Gabby. I'm a mom of three kiddos. Um, My oldest will be six here in January and then I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old and one more on the way due in March. I've been married to my wonderful husband for almost 10 years. We'll be celebrating that in January as well. Crazy to believe. Um, Yeah, and I have been in the health and wellness space for, oh, let's see, heavily for the last five to six years. I've been teaching fitness classes at the Y for the last six years um, and just have been on my own journey of trial and error with uh, the health and wellness um, industry in terms of just like, I don't know, you know, you fall for the trends, you try the shakes, you try the supplements, you do the things. And in the end, where I've fallen back into is just cultivating an overall well life. And here at Rooted in Health, that's what we're really focused on is um, I don't want to call it balance because balance is so different for everyone and you can't always balance it all it's not always going to be evenly balanced so um, it's just how to ebb and flow with the different seasons of life because that's all going to be thrown at you ready whether you're ready or not life's just going to keep going I'm going to throw some curveballs um you know, so how do we maintain healthy mindsets, healthy habits, um, but also having grace and being okay with having to adjust or just not being able to put so much focus and attention on a certain area for a time or how it could be a little less stress-free. Um, but yeah, so rather than following a lot of the diet culture trends, fitness culture trends, um, Yeah, I feel that I have just fallen into a place of just wanting to simplify it and really nourish our bodies with what God has given us and um, using real whole foods and actually understanding the benefits of why is fat good for us and what kind of fat and, you know, what kind of vitamins and minerals does our body really need? Why is sleep so important? I don't have to crush it at the gym seven days a week. (laughs) Um, you know, all these things. So, um, 
yeah, I just have been on my own journey here and am grateful for each step of the way and um, that I get to play a part in in your guys' life, um, whoever I can touch with my story and my journey and my knowledge and expertise. Um, you know, that that is my goal here and just want to help others live a healthy and well life that brings them joy and energy um, abundance and just grace through those hard seasons um, of life. So <clears throat> yeah, so that's me. Um, I'm um, certified in nutrition. I have um, a personal training uh, certification as well. And yeah, I just love all things. I love to garden. I love running. I love weightlifting. I love spending time with all my family. And yeah, just, oh, and, and making sourdough, which is what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> I love being in my kitchen. We'll say that. I absolutely love to be in my kitchen. So today, um, that'll kind of transition us into what we're going to talk about. Uh, and that is going to be sourdough. Because if you haven't been following me on social media, which I'm not telling you to go follow another person and absorb your life and your mind and your energy with someone else. But my goal is always to provide the raw, the real, the good, the bad, um, but also give help, helpful tips and just show my lifestyle to be of encouragement and of help and a resource for other people. <clears throat> so if you don't follow me at Gabby, I think it's Gabby.GetRootedInHealth on Instagram. Uh, and Gabriella Flater on, on Facebook. Um, they're always linked in the show notes here or on my website. But I share so much in my stories. They're always at the top of your page. I just share little blips throughout my days. Um, you know, what I'm up to, what I'm making, how does homeschooling fit into our life, what does motherhood look like, fitness, recipes, whatever. Um, now I forgot where I was going with that. But, oh, um, so you know, I share a lot of things on there. And so if you haven't noticed, I have been making sourdough for all of you um, who are interested in placing an order. So I just happened to come across um, some things that sparked the drive for some reason in me to want to make loaves for November and December for people. So um, I've done it for the last two weeks. And, um, the response has just been phenomenal and just the connection I've been able to have with people that get to come by, um, people that I've never really met in person or people that I just haven't seen in a long time just to hug them, catch up real quick and send them on their way with some delicious bread. Just really makes me happy, fills my heart up and, um, just absolutely love the, the connecting points that I get to make. Um, and my boys are always just so excited to run to the door. Can I give them the loaf? Mom, I want to get the loaf. <laughs> so, um, they get to be a part of that too. And, uh, so I'm just gonna keep, I might take, uh, you know, a few days off or just kind of like not offer it for a full week. Um, but for now we're, I'm just gonna kind of roll with it. I'm not sure how I get it all done, but we do. <laughs> um, cause there is a little bit of time involved with it. Um, not, not me having to tend to it time necessarily because it takes literally 30 seconds to whip up a loaf. Um, but like I have to work backwards in time because I have to have active starters. So that's, we'll talk about that in this podcast. I have to have that fed 
at a certain time so that it's ready and available to be used in a loaf. So then I have to whip up the dough. And then that dough has to be able to have enough time to rise. And then I have to shape it and let it sit for like an hour before I can bake it, before that person can pick it up or I can take it somewhere. So there is so much heart and soul and time and planning. Um, but for me, my personality, how my brain works, I love being in the kitchen. Like somehow I just know the timing of things and how like okay I need to make this many like it doesn't overwhelm me to the point of I'm paralyzed and I can't do this anymore like it's just yes extra but it's not hard extra if that makes sense I've already implemented it into my life for almost three years for my own personal self and of course I've shared loaves and blessed other people and families um but it wasn't on like a timely schedule in terms of like people are ordering this and I have to have it ready on time. Um, I've figured out our rhythm so I know enough of how sourdough works and how the planning and the timing rolls where I just have to whip up a couple extra at the time that I normally would for myself and bake them at the same time. So yeah, still kind of working around how to bake so many in my oven because um, the bottoms get a little brown. The, the um, baking vessels my Dutch ovens get really warm, so I was just, do I bake them less? Do I turn down the heat? Do I only get to put two in there at a time, which then I have to have it on for a third loaf for extra time? So, you know, just figuring things out, but it honestly is wonderful, and again, um, just love the connections and the people that I can see when they come pick up or um, meet me with the loaves, and I love all the messages. Oh my gosh, I've gotten so many texts messages of cut into bread or responses and kids that are like can we eat it in the car like all these things so seriously um again if I could like own my own place <laughs> and connect with you guys there and feed you wholesome nourishing homemade food I would I would and who knows who knows what God has in store down the road for me uh, I know that comes with a lot but um, just to be able to own a little place would just be so cool to make it my own. Um, but so, uh, talking about sourdough, let's just take it off the plate. Like whether or not you've ever thought about making it or maybe you've never had it or you've never really, yeah, like just you've, you've never made it and you may consider wanting to, <clears throat> well, you don't know anything, you don't know anything about it. Um, just know there's no right or wrong way to bake sourdough. I learned one way, and I don't even do that way. We'll just say that. My mom taught me a way that she learned from a lady at church. Um, and then, being me, I explore all the ways. And then I was like, holy smokes. What is the right method? <laughs> this person says to do this, and this person says to do that. And that person's is complicated. And they're using terms that I don't even recognize. Um... So there is lingo that you got to get used to. There is um, a rhythm that you're going to have to get used to. But know that it's very forgiving, number one. And again, there's no right or wrong way to bake sourdough. Um, but in the end, it really can be quite simple. And I think that once you find what works for you and works what works best for you, that that's going to be it. And that's what you stick to. And that's what's going to work for your lifestyle and your family um, and your schedule. 
So when it, you know, when it comes down to it all, all it really entails is water, flour, and a little salt, and then your starter. And that gets to transform into something so delicious and nourishing. Um, you know, you can choose what kind of flours you bake with, um, how sour you want it, which just deter is determined by how long you let it sit and ferment. Um, the amount of hydration you want in the dough. So do you have more of a wet dough, which is a little more sticky? Um, or do you have more of a less hydrated dough? I mean, there's so many things. And if you're like, oh my gosh, I don't even know what that means. Like, you don't have to. You don't have to. I didn't even really know. And I just started kind of gravitating towards a few people on Instagram. Really clung to one that I shared her recipe um, with everyone because it was just one that I started to make and I stuck with it with it and honestly what I just encourage people is like find a recipe and keep trying it over and over and over again until you master it and you find the best time to make it um, the best length of time to um, let it sit the best flour to use honestly um, you can just use you never want to use bleached flour so don't buy any of that like unhealthy garbage <laughs> it's not gonna work well for your bread and that's not there's no nourishing nothing in there so the two main flours that I make um, the bread with are um, I buy from Costco but you can literally buy wherever you sh shop or go online and buy in bulk or whatever it's just an organic unbleached all-purpose flour um, you can even if it's not organic but it's unbleached fine King Arthur has an unbleached all-purpose flour at Costco like a big giant 12 um, pound bag um, there's an organic version at Costco um, that I'll buy um, I've done both both brands and also with einkorn flour um, that's a whole other ball game that doesn't allow as high of a rise though I've done pretty good because I think I've done it well with the peak of where my starter is at to create a really good rise but in the end like um, if you did a full loaf of um, made with all-purpose flour and a full loaf made with einkorn flour the outcome would be different because um, of the lower gluten content and I've done a podcast on einkorn flour that is a the most ancient grain flour back to its most natural roots uh, that how it's been grown um, there's a brand called jovial foods they grow it in Italy there's also einkorn.com and I just learned um, it's a very so this is where I bought my second batch um, I'm not sure if I'm going to do it again. I don't know. I'm not sure that I'm, f f at least for the all-purpose. I'm not a fan. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I feel about the all-purpose. It's grown in, um, I think, parts of U.S. and Canada rather than Italy. And I'm like, okay, Italy's got to be the real deal because th that flower just looks different. It feels more fluffier. I don't know. Obviously, completely different growing climates and temperatures and things like that. But um, either way, both are great sources. And um, so the, the difference in the loaves is what I was trying to tell you. They just will look different. But what I do is I typically will do half all-purpose flour and half einkorn flour in my loaves to create a little balance and add a little um, more nutrition and um, flavor. Like the einkorn flour has just a, a golden color and a, a nuttier flavor and just really enjoy implementing that into our baking so excuse me something in my in my eye 
And so, yeah, your flowers, just as long as it's unbleached, you're good to go. So, and we'll get to gluten-free in just a moment. But uh, like I said, all you are really needing to have to make this is water, flour, some salt, and your starter, um, which we'll talk about as well. Much to talk about. Um, but it does, you know, it's super simple, but it does require a little planning, some technique, and patience. You know, if I'm being really honest, you know, that is, um, you know, what it all comes down to. But it's not like this complicated recipe with 20 different ingredients and, you know, it takes all this time. Like, you really just, like, whip it up. If you want to spend time with your dough, stretching and folding it to create tension and good air pockets, you can. But if you don't have time for that, then you just whip it up in that minute or less. Once you feel confident in that, it takes, it's so quick. Um, And then you just pop it in a warm, warm place and you let it do its thing for like 12 hours um, before you do anything with it again. So it's, you know, again, it's just the like, you have to plan because if you want it for a certain meal or a certain time, you can't just have it ready and couple hours like that's not how it works because we're not using yeast so if you needed a bread done sooner rather than later then you would find a recipe with yeast which there's nothing wrong with that I use yeast in our dinner rolls um my husband's not a big fan of sourdough um just being honest but me and my kids absolutely love it I've never eaten more bread in my entire life (laughs) so he will attest to that and uh, never felt better. I absolutely love it. There's so many things that we've made and enjoyed. And um, yeah, there's just something something about it. Um, but it does get easier over time as you continue to show up. Just like with anything. Anything in your life. The more you show up, the easier it's going to feel and become. And it's just going to fit right into your time. You're not going to think twice about it. And it's going to be worth it. Like if you find that, yes, this is it. We love it. It's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth the time you've invested. So no one size fits all. It's the beauty of it. I love that. Um, you know, I love seeing people, you know, kind of start with me, but then figure it out for themselves and transition on. And, you know, I help troubleshoot some people. I tell them, no, your starter's not dead. No, it's not. Just keep trying. Make another loaf. Try this. What did you do here? Like, like I feel like I'm the troubleshooting queen. I really try hard to, I just need details. I need people to give me details of exactly what they're doing. Um, so, yeah. But, uh, but, you know, me just sharing this is just in hopes of inspiring you all to get started Um, on your own sourdough journey or just finding people that make it and enjoying it for the health benefits Um, if you do want to enjoy some bread um, we'll talk a little bit about that Um, you know I'll share a little bit of my you know approaches and um, techniques and schedule and things like that but you don't need all the equipment out there I mean there's not a lot but like you could get some fancy stuff but you don't need that you go to Goodwill if you really wanted a couple things Um, you know but you don't need all the the dough mixers and the banneton baskets for your loaves to sit in and improve. Like you can just put a towel in a colander, like a little bowl, and and flip your dough in there after you shape it and just let it sit. Like it doesn't have to be in this um, wicker basket. Um, yeah, Dutch ovens, if you don't have that, just find something that's big enough to hold it that can handle a high heat in your oven. 
um, you know, all these things. It's You could have the nicer things. You could be a little bit in between or you could have just all the basics and really make something beautiful still um, and nourishing. So it's not something that's expensive, especially with the ingredients that you need. It's not, not anything crazy. Um, so a little bit of how I got started. Again, I said my mom shared it with me. So this was back in 2020, actually before it became the big trend, you know, when everybody was stuck at home and baking things at their house and it was like, everyone's making sourdough. That wasn't how I got started actually. So, um, and it came into my life at a really, you know, it's so crazy how I can make bread, like sourdough fit into such a like hard season of life and how it really helped me and it's crazy. It's weird. But like for me, being in my kitchen brings me calm. It brings me peace. It brings me purpose. Um, and I know that that's not for everybody. That's not everybody's case. I don't expect that to be. But um, thinking back, um, it couldn't have really come into my life at a better time. Even though I wasn't like, I didn't really know what I was doing at first. I had a lot of duds, a lot of trial and errors. I was trying some different recipes. I was trying to figure out the lingo. Um, but the beginning of 2020 came in like a whirlwind for us. Um, even just slightly before that, just with my son being born in June of 2019 and then discovering and uncovering his bleeding disorder and what that meant for our life and for his life. Um, and then after that, January of 2020 rolls around and my friend is diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. My husband's boss was diagnosed with an aggressive back cancer. And our son needed to have a surgery to have a port put in because his veins were too weak to accept um, his infusions through his veins because they're that's how they're given. <clears throat> but they kept blowing or they couldn't find strong ones. So we opted for the part. So he was going to have that put in in February. Um, yeah. And, uh, walking, yeah, just walking my friend through her, um, couple, couple months of her cancer journey, um, before she passed in March. And so I, my mom was like, I understand you have a lot going on, but I'm here when you want me to teach you. This was like in February, earlier February. And I was like, no, you know what, mom? Like, yeah, like just, I mean, how hard is it? Like, it's just bread. I mean, so, um, you know, I, I went over there or did I go to her house? I don't know. Probably. Yes, I did. I remember watching her mix it up. She showed me, um, what her friend at church taught her. She shared some sourdough starter with me. And then I just kind of went on my merry way. And then, of course, me being me was like, well, I'm going to make my own sourdough starter. I want to learn how it's made. And I want to see how it works and if it actually does what it's supposed to and all the things. So I ended up making my own. And then I gravitated towards some people that I found on Instagram and tried their recipes um, and just found some different approaches and one that really worked for me. Um and it was a place that I could have an outlet to just be and create without any fear of judgment or failure. Like, if I failed, I failed. Like, it was a loaf of bread. It was water, salt, and flour. Like, oh well. <laughs> um, so it was a space that I could unplug from a lot of really hard trials in my life. 
and create something that was new and exciting and rewarding when it, you know, became um, a success. So um, that's that's the story behind um, sourdough. Just it just kind of came into my life just before everybody kind of started baking it. A lot of people are like, "Oh, did you get on the sourdough train?" Um, when everybody else did, and I was like, "Actually, just before." It's kind of crazy. Um, I never really did much with baking bread um, a ton, other than like dinner rolls for my husband and our family. I mean, they're really good. <laughs> I shared them in a in an email um, that went out to you guys. So. Um, they are made in an hour, hour and a half, and yeah, they freeze great and reheat great. We'd pull them out a couple at a time for dinner, whoever wants them. Um, it's, it's really great. Um, I have yet to make some sourdough ones. I really want to make some, but those would be more for like the boys and I, um, to enjoy. So like I said, my husband doesn't have an appreciation for sourdough, so I know y'all can hate, but <laughs> That's just who he is, and that's okay. We all have our things, right? Um, excuse me as I got a little emotional here. My nose is, like, running a little. And I hate editing those things out. I don't have time to go back and edit, so I appreciate you guys sticking around my little bit of sniffles or crying or whatever, um, taking a sip of my drink. I just, you know, I'm, I'm here to just chat with you guys and as if we were sitting at a coffee uh, table and um, having a conversation. Um, so that, that's my goal here. It's not to make this perfect and in any way. Um, but I try to do my best here to make it at least uh, reasonable and easy to listen to. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit of my background with how I got started with sourdough. I transitioned into finding what worked for me. I did a little workshop with some ladies from church and that really, um, had prompted me to put together a, um, a blog because I had to put together like a packet, a pamphlet. So I just made it into a blog as well. I will of course link to that here in my email and show notes, um, that go out with this podcast. But, um, one big question that comes around is what is sourdough exactly? And golden question is, can you make it gluten-free? So there are ways of making a gluten-free sourdough. However, that requires, all gluten-free ingredients, um, a little bit of different technique. You have to go find that. I made one once for a friend um, with like a sour gum starter and then you have buckwheat flour and potato flour and like she couldn't even have rice flour. So this was like all, um, yeah, these gluten-free things. And it was really, it, it got, it was a little putsy and I mean, but I figured it out, but it wasn't something that I wanted to keep up with. Our family doesn't need 100% gluten-free, like we're just, that's just not what we need in our life, but um, we don't eat a lot of gluten in general, um, besides through this, through sourdough stuff. Um, but sourdough, surprisingly, is a great option for many gluten-sensitive people. Now, I cannot tell you, I'm not recommending um, sourdough is for people that have celiac, just like I said with einkorn flour in a, in a prior podcast. It's not for celiac people, um, people that have that allergy, um, because the fermentation does not completely eliminate all of the gluten. So um, still not completely for that, but I have had family members and friends who are gluten sensitive and just are just sensitive to that kind of stuff that have been able to enjoy sourdough and reap the benefits of like I can eat this and not have gut rot or feel a stomach ache or anything 
and um, it's super encouraging and really neat. So sourdough, it's really, it's it's a base, it's basically a slow fermented bread. So if you think of the word fermented, that's something that is sitting over time, creating a, we'll just say like a gas, and it's it's creating the breakdown, it's feeding off of something. And so there's no yeast in your sourdough, besides the naturally occurring yeast that's already in your flour. There's no magic ingredient, it's just the flour, salt, and water, and then your live fermented culture, which is your starter. If you've ever heard of kombucha and you need the, the scoby, the mother, like that is a starter. Um, a kefir, you need the kefir starter, the grain, the kefir grain. There's always something um, that you need that already has been fermented over time to keep um, producing more and more. Uh, but if you get rid of it all, then you have to start over. Like you don't, you don't have it. So the fermented culture is something that has been, um, it's, it's been there to keep creating more. You never get fully get rid of it all, if that makes sense. So like, say like, okay, I created my own in 2019. I could pass this down in 60 years to my grandchildren, great grandchildren, and it can be passed on and on and on. And the people I've shared my starter with can be passed. They've already shared it with other people. And it's just a really cool thing to know that like your something, a piece from your home, your kitchen, your love and time and attention has been paid forward um, and is in someone else's home. So that's a really cool thing to think about. But like something that you can leave behind and pass on. Uh, and the reason, you know, why people that are gluten are gluten-free uh, not like a severe allergy, but just like gluten-free, gluten-sensitive. Uh, they know they can't tolerate it. The reason they're okay and can tolerate eating sourdough is because of the slow fermentation process. It breaks down a lot of the proteins and the enzymes that are in the wheat. And then if you even use einkorn flour and even more gluten-less <laughs> flour, you're even giving it even more opportunity to be more gluten-free. And so you just have to play around with what it is that um, the flowers that you want to use. And it's, you know, it's an experiment and that's exactly what I did. And you can't expect it to come out perfect the first few times. Um, and so what happens is it all starts with that sourdough starter. And that's what's going to bring bread to life your bread to life and what's going to allow it to rise so like I said we're not using yeast and so instead of using yeast you're using this starter to make the bread rise so the naturally occurring wild yeast and bacteria that is in flour and that is in so I'm sorry in flour there are naturally occurring wild yeast and bacteria as well as simple sugars okay when you continue to feed your flour with water and more flour, a fermentation begins to happen. It feeds off of the simple sugars, feeds off of itself, all those, all that wild yeast and bacteria, and it breaks down the gluten and encourages, this is really cool, gar carbon dioxide to form a gas. So if you've ever seen me or someone or you know in general, um, my sourdough starter, when it's flat and it needs to be fed, it will be at the bottom, I think of a mason jar, it will fill up a quarter of the jar. Feed it flour and water 
to the starter that's already in there. And over the course of four to six hours, you're going to see it double in size and you're going to see that jar fill up. It's going to rise because of the gases that are being created. I've even had like, if I have a non, well, it's happened with the screw off top too, but like with a little flip lid thing too, um, I've had like all of a sudden a, like a, a gas release when I've opened it because of all the buildup in there. So really cool. And that is what your starter is. It's flour and water. That is a sourdough starter. I, I, I don't know if I just blew your mind, but there's nothing else in there. There's no salt. There's no yeast. There's no sugar. There's no, I don't know, magic ingredient. Nothing. Flour, water, and continued feeding. That's it. Just your time and attention. And that is what you mix into. Once you feed it and you let it rise for the, appoint, the amount of time it needs to, like I just fed mine, um, around noon or one o'clock and I'm going to let it sit for four to six hours and then I'm going to whip up some loaves tonight before I go to bed um, I don't know six seven o'clock because um, my starter will be ready and I can whip it up with the rest of the flour the rest of the water add the salt and then I let it do its thing overnight and then I shape it in the morning and I bake it in the morning and that's it so um, instead of the yeast that makes bread rise. The carbon dioxide is what causes the dough to rise. Now, if I were to leave my, if I fed my starter this afternoon and I didn't end up using it or whatever, I didn't bake with it, that's fine. It doesn't have to go to waste. It's still a fermented, um, a fermented ingredient. And I use that in tortillas and pizzas and pancakes and all the things. Um, I just keep it in the fridge until I want to use it. I dump some out of my jar. That's called discard. And I use it in other recipes because I have to make more room in the jar to feed it more and get another active starter going. So you'll notice that if I fed it this afternoon but I never did anything with it, it'll rise. If I did nothing with it in a, you know throughout the night, it's going to slowly fall back down so it's going to have lost its peak so it'll build up build up build up build up build up and then it doesn't have any more gas or anything else to feed off of if you think of it like that there's nothing else for it to feed off of and so then it just kind of fades and it and it dies down and it won't create a huge rise in your bread you could still maybe try baking with it if you're like well I don't have time to feed it but I want to try try it like there's really no rules there's no one telling you no you can't try it and figure it out like you know, nobody knows like, oh, maybe I really could bake a bread if I, you know, had fed it and let it sit for 12 hours and I didn't get to use it at its peak. Maybe you need to let the dough sit a little bit longer. Um, who knows? It, you, It's really, the more I've played around with it, the more I kind of understand the science behind it in a weird way, maybe not with all the right terms, but I just kind of roll with it and I just see um, because I'm not using super expensive ingredients. And, um, yeah, it's just a bummer when it doesn't work. Um, but yeah, so when you discard, so you're going to hear a lot of discard terms and terminology. So when I was saying, okay, it rises and it falls, you don't want to use it to make a bread, but you could use it in discard recipes. That just means, okay, I, I have, um, too much starter in my jar and I need to feed it again. And it'll literally explode out of your jar, guys. I've had messes beyond belief. 
you need to make room in your jar. Your jar is not going to continually be able to be fed if it's not be, having anything taken out of it. So if you forgot to use it to bake with um, or whatever, then you dump some out and you either keep it in your fridge till you're ready to use it or you use it right away. Um, and there's so many recipes. Just go on Pinterest, okay? Just go on Pinterest. And I probably should just put a whole bunch, um, a conglomerated like blog post together of all my favorites. But um, so many recipes that you can use this really good culture that's good for your gut in recipes. Um, and I love, um, we have a sourdough sisterhood Facebook group and text thread and things like that. So, I mean, if you want to be added to the Facebook group, like it's totally cool. Like we're happy to add more and more people that have questions and have interests. And it was just easier to share the recipes there rather than over text thread because they could be found better <laughs> and share pictures better and things like that. So, um, but I know I get it. It's like just another group. Um, but honestly, I've saved so many through, um, Pinterest and, um, there's some really great, a uh, great recipes out there that you don't just dump it in the garbage, um, because it can be used. So then you feed it and you have more room in the jar for it to grow and expand again. So I hope this kind of makes sense. I know this is super like abstract. You don't have any visuals. I'm a visual person, but I'm just trying to generally or give you a general idea of how this works. So your starter is going to become another member of your home because it's going to need your time and attention. If you're leaving, pop it in the fridge. If you're only going to bake once a week, then pop it in your fridge. Feed it throw it in your fridge and it'll be ready in 12 hours and I've actually even popped my I've taken my I fed my fridge starter because I always have a backup in there I've fed it put it in the fridge and I've left it and I don't even know the last time I fed it and I've brought it out sometimes it even still has a gas release when I take the cap off and I've used it to bake bread with because I forgot to feed one but I was like I know I have a backup I think it could work and it's made beautiful bread. And I don't remember the last time I fed it. It could have been a week. It could have been a week and a half or two weeks. This is where it's like you just try it because you never know. And um, so this, the fridge will slow down the fermentation process. It allows it to stay good for longer. Sometimes you'll get um, a little buildup of like a, a black or gray scum or a little water layer. Just scrape it off or dump it off a little bit. But you didn't kill anything. It's not bad. It's not um, garbage. Like you didn't ruin anything. It's super normal. Um, but your starter is going to become a part of your home. So you can choose to keep it at room temp. You can choose to keep it in your fridge if you'll bake less. Um, or if you just want to back up like I do. Um, and it just needs, you know, consistent attention and love. <laughs> so I have named mine. Um, ours is Oakley. You don't have to name yours. But sometimes it's fun. Or you let your kids name it. Um and uh, so Oakley is a part of our family and has been making delicious bread for us and for other ones for almost three years now. And just by me continuing to feed it water and flour, it has been alive all this time. So sometimes when I know I'm not even wanting to bake, but I was like, oh, I probably should feed it. I'm like, well, I guess I'll get some discard from it. Um, so I'll, I'll dump some out and I'll feed it or whatever. Like I just want it to stay healthy. Um, so I feed it equal parts water, equal parts water. So a um, scale is something that you will want to have. Um, a, a food scale, digital food scale for when baking sourdough because you're going to find most recipes are going to be in grams. Um, you can find some in cups. But um, yeah, I just dump things in um, 
and it's just it goes so quick when I don't have to measure I'm just looking at the number on the scale to match and um, been an easy way for me to teach teach my son um, Winston so um, let's see what else are we going to talk about so um, a little bit more of the science there's a little bit more science here on my notes here um, and you'll find this in my blog as well but you keep it alive you keep this um, the sourdough starter alive by feeding it every few days or weekly um, if you have like a fridge starter a live ecosystem of beneficial organisms is what you're creating with the countless benefits. For example, B vitamins are increased and phytic acid is neutralized to make a more gut-friendly bread that allows for the breakdown of gluten to occur, making it more digestible. This bread is also able to last longer than commercial bread because of all the components it's made up of. A starter can be used for hundreds of years, so having your own to pass on um, for generations to come is a pretty neat legacy. Um, so that's kind of what I was encouraging, um, you to do or just, yeah, if you don't want to make your own, that's fine too. Um, you just have to wait a little bit of time if you make your own for it to be ready to be used. Um, but yeah, so feeding it is just the main thing, um, that you'll want so that you always have starter on hand to make a loaf. And, um, if you don't, get to the starter then you can make discard recipes that are super delicious and really good and have a great we love sourdough tortillas are like one of our favorites I give it like a good 24 is it a 24 hour 24 hour ferment sometimes 48 I don't even know I don't remember I think it's a 24 hour um so yeah so I'll feed it I'll let it do its thing for four to six hours I'll whip up my loaf usually in the evening between 4 and 7 p.m just depends on if we've got somewhere to be when I have the time whatever whatever then I wake up usually I'm an early riser so if I can shape it by you know before 6 a.m or by 6 a.m and then let it sit for an hour and then I let it bake um yeah that's it that's about it now you can put things in the fridge like if I were like shoot I don't have time to bake it in the morning, but I've got to shape it and stop the, the process a little bit more because if you overproof your bread, just like the starter, it's just going to start to like lose air. It's going to start losing that gas and it's not going to want to hold a shape. It's not going to want to rise. It's all the built up um, stuff that it needs to make the beautiful rise in bread is going to be lost. So you would hate for that to happen. So you can even just be like, okay, I'm going to shape it quick here at 6 a.m. And because I got to leave by, you know, 7.30, 8 o'clock, or I don't even know what, um, you know, put it in the basket and throw it in the fridge. And then you can bake it when you get home. Um, so there's so many, so many ways. And um, this is a lot easier when it's done in person, um, when you can watch someone do a tutorial and, you know, I, I hope to offer more things down the road. But right now, like what I can do is just, have people place orders and I love that and everyone's schedule is different whether you can make it in the morning whether you can make it at night um you know in terms of baking it to enjoy um, I find that I like to bake I can get it baked in the morning because I'm home but I get that people work whatever maybe you have to whip it up at you know 6 a.m and then but you know so sometimes it's just all when you have to shape it and do the things so um you could whip it up, say you do work, you could whip it up really late at night, like 8 or 9 p.m. And then maybe more like 8 o'clock and then wake up whenever you do and shape it, place it in the fridge. And then when you get home from work, bake it right away. Like it would be ready for you to have for dinner. 
Um, but if you left it out in the room temp until you got home from dinner from the night before, like it, you wouldn't have a good, a good rise, a good bread to have. So whether or not that made sense at all, you at least want your bread to sit for like eight to 12 hours before you're baking it. I've gone 14 to 16 hours. Um, it, it just kind of all depends on the warmth of your home. I always place ours on top of the fridge so that it gets most of the heat that rises, um, especially in the cooler months. You might see a shift in your starter or how your loaves rise and turn out when seasons change. Super normal. Um, but I've got a lot of recipes, tips, all those things all over my Facebook, Instagram, um, and then this blog that I will be sure to link to. But I don't know. I just I wanted to talk to you guys about sourdough. Um, if you're really questioning whether or not you can handle it, like um, that is up to you to, you know, fully dive into. Um, all I can say is I've, I've seen people um, firsthand and witnessed them trying it. I made um, an einkorn bread for a friend, um, 100% einkorn bread. It actually wasn't sourdough. It was just with yeast, but um, she was able to handle that and she has like really struggled with finding things. Um, and then even just like family members have been able to mow down on sourdough and they've been gluten-free like for years and can eat it. So I'm not here to tell you whether or not you should go for it, but you know what you're up for. You know what you can handle. You know what's best for you um, and what you're willing to do. And I would encourage you to look into it. Um, but I hope that this was inspiring and um, gave you a little insight into sourdough um, how it all works with um, the, you know, the ingredients that you need is very little. The sourdough starter and what that is. And the discard, what that is. And a little bit of um, just like the scheduling of, of when you, um, you know, will whip it up and, and make that and let it sit and rise and do its thing. And again, you don't need all the fancy equipment out there. Um, it's not necessary to make the bread. <laughs> I've even made, um, even if you have a loaf pan, like I've even done that. I just kind of turn the temperature um, on my oven down because I don't cover the loaf pan because it's not inside of a, a Dutch oven. Um, but I've shaped it instead of a round ball. I've oiled a loaf pan and just used my regular recipe and shaped it into the size of a loaf, like a log, plopped it in there, covered it with a cloth to rise for just a little bit longer. And then I pop it in the oven at a little bit lower temp and I can have sandwich bread like like sandwich slices um rather than a bowl looking like a circle or you know uh whatever they call it artesian look loaf um it literally looks like a sandwich loaf so so many ways so many things um yeah I've made bagels oh those are so good bagels um yeah lots of things so I encourage you if this is something that you want to dive into go for it try it worst you find is like you know what it's not my thing I don't want to do it and now I know that I would rather buy some from Gabby <laughs> just kidding um but anyway I hope that you guys have a wonderful week you can find more from me again on my Instagram my Facebook um Instagram is gabby.getrootedinhealth and Facebook at Gabriella Flater I have a Rooted in Health community Facebook group I have obviously this podcast. Um, if you're subscribed to my emails at getrootedinhealth.com, you can go ahead and do that. 
um, yeah, that's where you're going to find a lot of my, um, the rest of my stuff. So with that being said, I look forward to coming back and chatting with you guys next week. Share this with anyone that you know wants to get into sourdough that has had questions about it, that just wants to hear someone talk about it, um, and share their experience. So be blessed, my friends. We'll chat again soon.